The Smoky Mountains are a mountain range I have a lot of experience in myself. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today, I'm going to be sharing some allegedly true and downright creepy Smoky Mountain horror stories. As I mentioned a second ago, I have a lot of experiences in the Smoky Mountains. Some of them kind of creepy, but most of them good memories as a child. Whether it be visiting Gatlingburg, hiking in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, or just driving through and loving the scenery. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true Smoky Mountain Horror Stories. When I was a kid growing up in North Carolina, I was a member of the Boy Scouts of America. I know it might seem corny as hell, but my time in the Boy Scouts honestly made for some of the fondest memories of my childhood. And as much as my friends these days like to make jokes about the deviant proclivities of my former scoutmasters, nothing remotely weird or unsavory ever happened to me with any of them. There was a lot of fishing, camping, fieldcraft, and community service. Just some good old-fashioned wholesomeness that gave my parents a break from me from time to time. Well, all except for this one time. So, one summer... My scout troop goes on this big camping trip up into the Smokies. For those unfamiliar with them, the Smokies, or the Great Smoky Mountains, are a part of the Greater Appalachians and are also home of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. One of the most highly visited national parks in the entire country, the name Smokies comes from the natural fog that often hangs over the mountaintops, appearing as large smoke plumes from a distance and originate from organic compounds that are exhaled by the local vegetation. But excuse the high school science lesson, I'll get on with it. So, we are up in the Smokies, having a good time, when one night, while sitting around the campfire after dinner, one of our scoutmasters decides to tell us a creepy campfire tale. He starts telling us the story of Atlanta, which is the Cherokee name meaning spear finger, or one with the pointed spear. Spearfinger supposedly lived in the western part of North Carolina, right up in the Smoky Mountains where we were camped at at the time, and her name referred to her long, slender sharp finger on her right hand which she used to slice up her child victims whose livers she ate raw. As legend has it, she apparently clutched the stony skin on her right hand tightly because her heart was hidden in her palm there. Our scoutmaster goes on to tell us how, because Spearfinger's skin was made of stone, she was invulnerable to arrows of the Cherokee, and her footsteps sounded like thunder as she walked along the mountainside. Whenever her deep voice rumbled around the hillsides, it would scare all the birds away, a warning sign to those she was hunting as she sang her favorite song. I believe the translation would be, Liver, I eat it. Spearfinger was also said to be able to take on the appearance of her child's victim's family members, often taking the form of a kindly old woman to trick her victims into feeling safe around her. She would then lull the child to sleep, running her fingers through their hair to calm them before stabbing her pointed finger through the back of their neck, or through the heart. 
She would then tear out the livers of her victims before feasting on them, leaving her mouth ringed with fresh blood. By the time our scoutmaster had finished telling us the story, we are all completely and utterly terrified, and only managed to stop freaking out once he had gotten out his old guitar and sang us a few songs. But that night, while back in my tent with a buddy of mine, I found myself totally unable to sleep. I kept imagining that, if I did, Spearfinger would come and rip open the tent and stab me in the heart with her long, sharp stony finger, all before tearing out my liver and eating it. Then, right as I was about to drift off to sleep, a bright light lit up one side of our tent. I was completely frozen in fear for a moment, whispering to my buddy to wake up, but I was totally unable to rouse him. I carried on staring at the side of the tent, wondering where the hell the bright light was coming from, as it seemed way too intense to be coming from somebody's flashlight. And then, I just let out a whimper of fear when I heard a hissing sound. I saw a shadow passing over the fabric of our tent. I called out to them, asking who, who was there, but no one said a freaking thing. There was just another faint hissing sound as the figure seemed to creep closer and closer to our tent. Then, I saw the figure raise a hand, and I almost choked in terror when I saw a single, long-pointed finger and a hissing voice whispering something that I can only guess was in Cherokee. I screamed, ripping my way through the front flap of my tent and running around the campsite screaming, It's Spearfinger! It's Spearfinger! She's coming to eat my liver! I expected the rest of the camp to start screaming too, to burst out of their tent in terror, or to maybe just stay inside them in hopes that Spearfinger might pass them over. And do not get me wrong, there were a couple of cries of fear that accompanied my own, but the sound that made me slow to a stop and my peers around in confusion was the sound of laughter. When I looked, I saw another one of the scouts, this kid named Devin. He was just about bent double in hysterics, with a long slender twig tied to one finger. I must have been boiling with rage at the time, but Devin just thought that was extra funny, waving the long wooden twig at me and making that same hissing sound again before bursting into laughter. I swear that was probably the most scared and embarrassed I had ever been during my entire childhood, and all because that little D-bag Devin decided to pull a prank on me. Ever since then, I have been unable to hear the words Smoky Mountains without remembering that Boy Scout camping trip, even if it does make me kind of smile these days. But what does not make me smile is seeing liver in the deli section of a grocery store, because all I think about is the idea of Spearfinger hushing a child to sleep, stroking their hair, singing them a little lullaby with the voice of their grandma or favorite aunt, all before ripping out their liver and feasting on it with her stony, skinned lips ringed with dark, fresh blood. I live somewhere around Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I'm not going to give the exact location for privacy reasons. I love the outdoors and I always have. So naturally, I visited the Great Smoky Mountains National Park almost twice a month. I have seen many things, but by far the most horrifying thing that has ever happened to me was seeing a Ravenmocker. 
For those of you who do not know what a Ravenmocker is, it is a monster from Native American folklore, the Cherokee in specific, that eats the hearts of dying people. Anyways, I was walking on the trails with some friends of mine, Aaron and Derek. By the way, my name is John. So we were about a mile into the trail when we all heard the most horrifying screech that we have ever heard. It sounded like a cross between a raven and a person screaming in distress. What happens next was one of the few things that I can vividly recall. After the screech, we heard a very loud flapping noise coming from above the treetops. It was like what you would imagine a pterodactyl flying would sound like. You could tell it was big. We then saw the shape of what somewhat resembled a man, pterodactyl, and raven swooping above our heads. The best way I could describe it was leathery, with feathers. It was an abomination. It let out another screech as it looked back at us, and that is when I saw its eyes. They burned like the sun, and they were red and horrible. It was like a demonic red. We all looked at each other, and Aaron asked, Was that a... No, Derek said quickly. If you say its name, it will kill you too, you idiot. At the time, I did not know what a Ravenmocker was. However, Aaron and Derek both knew what it was, both being part Cherokee. And that is probably why they never told me what it was. We booked it the hell out of there as fast as we could. I swear we ran at light speed back to my pickup truck and drove even faster out of the park. After the whole ordeal, I looked up what Ravenmockers were and learned that I had probably killed it because it is said that they die soon after a mortal sees them. All in all, it was the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. Thanks for sharing my story, and remember that we do not know everything about this world, so always be wary. My father, mother, and I would make frequent trips to the Smoky Mountains and stay in the cabins they have near Pigeon Forge. However, this trip still haunts me to this day. About eight years ago, we stayed in this cabin that had an alarm system. It was already dark outside when we reached the cabin and got settled in. We set the alarm and thought we should watch a movie together. While we were watching the movie, the security alarm went off. The alarm only was to go off if the door was opened. We checked the cabin, top to bottom, and find nothing out of the ordinary. The next morning, we called the company that rented the cabin to us to have them check out the alarm system. Someone came and checked out the system and said that he has been called out to this cabin multiple times within the past month with the same problem. Since it is only the first day at the cabin, I am already feeling just a bit creeped out. I noticed that there is a book on the table that guests can sign and talk about how much they love the cabin. As I was reading more and more stories, I noticed that many of them mentioned feeling unsafe and some even mentioned that they found wet footprints on the deck where the hot tub is. I told my family about these stories and they told me they are just trying to tell scary stories to get other guests spooked. I agree with her and go out about our day. That same night though, we go to bed like normal. My father slept in the basement of the cabin. I slept on the main floor beside the kitchen, and my mother slept on the top floor. My dad snores so loud that we all sleep far away from each other, including my mom. It was about 2am in the morning when I am woken up by the fridge door closing. 
I looked at the bright light coming from the fridge that was pouring into my room from the crack underneath my closed bedroom door. I noticed that the light would come and go as the fridge door seemed to continue to open and close. I assumed it was one of my parents leaning on the fridge door trying to decide what they wanted to eat for a late night snack. However, I felt weird and did not even consider getting out of bed to join them. The fridge light disappeared slowly and I heard footsteps walk away from my bedroom and head in the direction of the steps to go up to my mom's room. The footsteps seemed to stop for a second, and then start to trip up the stairs if that makes sense. Suddenly, they stopped. I assumed that it was my mother and she made it to her room, so I fell back asleep. The next morning I wake up and go directly to my mom and ask what she decided to eat last night. She looked at me and asked, What? I told her that I thought she was at the fridge last night opening and closing the fridge because I heard her go back upstairs after a while around 2am. She looked at me and said, I thought that was you. At this time in my life I was known to sleepwalk every now and then. I saw you standing at the top of the stairs last night around that time. I assumed you were just sleepwalking because you looked at me and went back downstairs. So at this point, I start to freak out and become sick to my stomach. For the rest of the trip, I slept with my mother on the top floor. I did not experience anything else the rest of the trip and never went anywhere alone. A couple of months go by after our trip when my dad tells me he was looking to rent another cabin for a trip. We went to go look at the cabin that we rented last time and found out the cabin had been closed and is no longer available. Out of curiosity, he did some research to find out that many guests experienced something in that cabin. The complaints range from feeling unsafe to people thinking someone was in their cabin that should not have been, the people leaving before their vacation was over. I'm not sure what my mother and I had experienced that night at the cabin, but I now know we are not the only ones that went through that. I live in the Smoky Mountains in Northeast Tennessee. I personally believe that these mountains are some of the most beautiful mountains in the world, especially in autumn. Anyways, even with all their beauty, they come with many dangerous and unexplainable happenings. Whether that be bears, panthers, crazy hillbillies, or creatures that are unknown. This story that I'm about to tell you happened to my grandfather. I was born late in life and never got to meet him, but he was a very educated and faith-filled man. He walked to school every day in the freezing cold, snow, and rain. He read his Bible front to back numerous times until the pages were barely hanging onto the spine. I have no reason not to believe what he saw was real that night. What scares me the most about this story is that it happened on the very same road which I live. Let me give you a picture of what it looks like. I live in a hollow which if you do not know is usually a dead-end road that has very few houses on it that are not necessarily close to each other. There are rarely any street lights and hollows, and now there were none in mine. My grandfather frequently loved to walk the dark road at night when he would visit his family and lived about a quarter of a mile up the road. The road is surrounded by dense forest on each side, so there is little to no light coming from the moon. I personally would never walk alone in the dark up that road, even if someone paid me. Anyway, one night my grandfather decided to go home after spending a whole afternoon with his family. It was already pitch black outside, but that did not bother him in the slightest. He had done it many times before and he felt perfectly safe walking these familiar roads. 
He knew everyone who lived on them and he had no reason to be afraid. It was winter, so he did not have to worry about coming across a bear and her cubs which made it even less intimidating than it was for him normally. He said his goodbyes and started down the shadowy road. Everything seemed normal, yet it was much quieter this night. He did not pay that much attention to it though, because when snow is coming, it gets eerily quiet in the mountains. He kept walking, his hands in his coat pockets and his eyes glued at his feet. Even though it was close to almost completely black outside, he could still see just a few yards ahead of him. He looked up from his feet to glance at the road before him, and that is when he saw it. He saw a figure. The figure was inhumanly large. It was stocky and seemed to walk with a hunch. It had the shape of a human, but he could not make out any clothes or other features. It was just completely dark. He squinted his eyes and blinked a couple of times. It was still there. It was walking in front of him at a brisk pace. It did not make a sound when it walked. And this sent chills up his spine. He decided to stop and let it walk on down the road until it was out of sight. But when he stopped, it stopped. He felt his heart begin to pound and fear rushed through him. What was this? Why didn't he see it walking when he left his family's house? How long had it been in front of him? After standing and waiting to see if this figure would move, my grandfather decided to slowly walk to see if it would move on. And sure enough, it did. It moved slowly and carefully, just as my grandfather was. Terror filled his body as he slowly trekked down the road. He was roughly about 200 feet from his house, which was a relief but also terrified him because of the thought of it following him in. He stopped again to see if maybe... This thing would just keep going this time. It stopped again. How did this thing know that he was stopping? Why did it stop with him? My grandfather decided to walk faster. Maybe if he could run, it would get spooked and run off. He gathered up his courage and began to walk at a brisk pace. The figure seemed to glide effortlessly at an even faster speed. This scared my grandfather so much that he slowed down to a walk. What would normally take about 30 seconds to walk took 5 minutes. The figure walked as slow as my grandfather did this entire time. Just as my grandfather got to his house, his eyes were still locked on the figure. It, it, it turned. It turned and glided up a small bridge across the road towards one of his neighbor's house. My grandfather ran into his house and locked the door, simply happy to be safe and sound. Maybe this would be the last time he would ever have to see that thing. Maybe he did not even see it. Maybe he was only tired from working in the tobacco patch all day. He shook his head and went to sleep, exhausted from the fear. The next day, he headed down to the small gas station about a half mile down the road. His friends and he always met up there to talk golf and goof around. That morning, when he walked in, his friends were unusually quiet and had concerned looks on their faces. What's wrong? He asked them. One of them looked up at him, his face pale and eyes red. John passed away last night. He had a heart attack in his sleep. My grandfather felt a pit grow in his stomach. He remembered the figure he had seen the night before. It walked straight across the bridge and right up to his neighbor John's house. My grandfather always said he believed it was death that he saw in front of him that night. He never understood why he saw it and why it seemed to follow him but he never spoke to anyone except to my father 
and my father told me. I believe he saw death that night, and I'm only glad it didn't choose him to be its victim that dark, cold night. I used to lead an outdoors club, and one of the trips I would always take people on was the Smoky Mountains in mid-October. The Smokies are beautiful, and we would do a four-night backpacking loop using the country, three-walled shelters along the Appalachian Trail. The weather was perfect. Fall colors, cool nights, and the classic fog that gives the Smokies their name. It was our last night on the trail, and we were staying on top of Mount Lacante, one of the tallest mountains in the Smokies. I had reserved all the spots in the shelter, about 12, and there were no other campsites on top of the mountain, so I knew we would be relatively alone. Here's some background. Bear with me. The top of Mount Lacante has a western lookout point, an eastern lookout point, and a half-mile trail called the Boulevard that connects the overlooks that runs to the ridgeline of the mountain. The trail is covered by scraggly evergreens that cling to the top of the mountain and there are thousand-foot drops along the trailing edge. The shelter is about midpoint on that trail. All my friends and I decide that we would sleep under the stars next to the shelter because the Milky Way was incredible. Then at 5 a.m., we were all going to walk with our sleeping bags to the eastern lookout point to see the sunrise. We stayed up late, and my friend and I decided that he and I would just go to the eastern lookout at 3 a.m. and chat until the sun began to rise. It was a chilly night, about 27 degrees, and fog had just rolled in. It pushed through the dense evergreens and limited our visibility to the bright white cones from our headlamps. My friend and I grabbed our bear spray and sleeping bags and started walking eastward on the boulevard. Once we started moving, I realized how bad the visibility was. The trail snaked through the foggy trees and you could never see what was around the next bend. There were reports of bears in the area so I kept my bear spray out and made as much noise as I could. The fog rolled through the trees like a haunted house. As I turned to bend, I nearly run into a man. He is standing alone in the middle of the trail facing me, not moving, with no flashlight, at 3am in the wilderness, just standing in the pitch dark. I also realize he is wearing a t-shirt and only has a small book bag. Keep in mind, it is about freezing outside. With bear spray leveled, I stammer, Hello? No response. I asked him where he is coming from and where he is going. I don't know. His facial expressions look lifeless. I ask him where he is planning on sleeping tonight, given that he has no gear. I don't know. With you? Hell no. I could put it together quick. This guy was on a lot of drugs. He eventually admitted that he had walked from a town that is about 30 miles away, but he kept on saying he wanted to stay with us at the shelter. Then, he would speak nonsense. Suddenly, he said, I'm being followed by a dog. I figured he was just seeing things, so I asked what it looks like. It's big and black and it has an orange collar. Oh no. I realize that it is probably one of the tagged bears in the park. This sketchy guy is being stalked by a bear and leading it towards my friends who are sleeping in a shelter. I tell him I know of a spot he could stay, a luxury cabin compound about 15 minutes down the mountain where they can call the MPS. I tell him to walk in front of me, and I start directing him where to turn. I figured if he tried something erratic, I could blind him with my light and follow up with the bear spray. I eventually get him down to this cabin, 
and wake the employees to let them know he needs help. They tell me I can leave, so I head back to my friends and tell them what is going on. Before I go to sleep, I jog back down to the rangers to make sure everything is fine. They say, we don't know where he went, he stepped out the door, and now we can't find him. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Smoky Mountain Horror Stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this video gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm. If you're listening on iTunes or a different podcasting platform, please give this a 5 star rating as this helps the show grow over there. If you have a story that you would like to send in for a future video, whether it be a Smoky Mountain story or a different mountain story in general, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. I'd probably say that Spearfinger one was pretty entertaining even though the ending was a little less anticlimactic than we thought it would be. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, and still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories wherever you are, be sure to download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Audible, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. And, like I said, it's absolutely free and always will be. If you guys would like to support the swamp outside of hitting that like button and subscribing, maybe check out the merch store. I got everything from face masks to t-shirts to hoodies. I'd love to see you in some cool swamp threads. I have covered a ton of mountain ranges so far in the North American area. I'm now looking to try to hit Europe and other countries and continents. So if you have any suggestions, please comment them down below. I'd love to know. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you guys sending in stories to swampdweller.net. You guys really are appreciated. I'll see you soon with another creepy video.